Welcome into Campbell Call Friday. We are talking wrestling with Campbell head wrestling coach Scotty Sintez, fresh off a great performance at the SoCon Championships. He once again has taken a whole plane load full of guys to wrestle for a national championship in Tulsa. And and first of all, coach, your thoughts going into another NCAA tournament with your group. Well, I'm really excited at this particular group. Most of them have been to the NCAA tournament, so they're not going in uh, a nervous. Uh, you know, they're going in a little bit more prepared, a little bit thicker skin, and I think they're ready for the opportunity. Coach, you know as well as I do, that matters a lot because especially that if you still are starstruck and trying to get your footing, you lose the first match, you're in the loser's bracket, and it's a whole heck of a long week now for you to get on the, on the podium. So that really does make a difference, doesn't it, how comfortable you are? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. Experience is everything. I think we've had the schedule to give our guys as much experience under the spotlight in big, high-pressured situation all year. And so to have that memory from last year to go in there and, and not just be happy to be there, not be happy to be a, a, a spectator, but to, to be a participant, be a guy that, that's capable and ready to win a national title. And, and you know, you want a long, long weekend when you go there. You had a lot of guys qualify. You went through a lot of adversity that we couldn't really say beforehand, but you had a lot of guys sick, a lot of guys under the weather. To, to have these guys go through what they went through and then come and perform and, and win championships at the conference meet last week, and how, how proud are you of everybody in this program? Man, I'm, I'm extremely proud. I mean, uh, you, you know, you, you don't always get to choose when you have the opportunities, but you really got to take advantage of them. And, and like you said, we had two athletes that didn't get to compete for six, seven days on the wrestling mat heading into the conference tournament. We had one who was out for seven days, and his first time on the mat was at the conference championship after seven days, and, and he won it. So, um, you know, I was really proud of the resiliency. I, you know, what I think I'm happiest about is none of those guys were coming up with excuses. I don't think anyone really even knew uh, sort of what was happening with our guys. They just went out there and competed and, and uh, played the cards that they were dealt. Give me a rundown of the guys that you will be taking to the NCAA championships next weekend. So at 125 pounds, we have the, the alternate, meaning if somebody gets hurt or doesn't make weight, he'll go, and that's Anthony Big Tone Moulton. So he was just one shy of, of earning that qualification wild card. Uh, then at 133, we have Dom Zaccone. Uh He'll be competing again. He competed last year, a two-time NCAA qualifier now. At 141, we have Shannon Hanna. This will be his third time to the show. Uh, so, so he's got a little bit of time under his belt. And then 184, Caleb Hopkins, the Alaskan. 197, Levi Hopkins, the Alaskan's little but big brother. And then heavyweight, Tay Gaudialdi. It's great, too, because since you've been in this program, not only are you taking five or more guys to the NCAA championship, you, you, just, you just talked about it, the fact that, oh, this is his second time, this is his third time. This program produces guys that make it to the NCAA tournament but make it every single year. And, and that's the difference between this program and then what it was eight, nine years ago, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, we, we got to take guys there to give them an opportunity to win a national title. If you, if you can make it to the tournament, you're good enough to get on the stand. And, and that's something we're preaching uh, right now to these guys is, is to believe in themselves. And, and you could see looking in their eyes and how they're training that, that, that they're going to go out there and, and, and they expect to win. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but how, is, how important is it for them and, and for this team to do what you've done. You, you guys 
battle the Power Five, it seemed like, every other week in the non-conference. You beat Power Fives. You beat some of the wrestling uh, Blue Bloods out there. What will that do for your guys? I mean, like, like you said, it comes down to experience. I think, you know, going against somebody in a singlet, that's all it is, is a singlet. It doesn't matter what name's on the front of that. We've seen it, you know, for the first time ever, we, we took down two Big Ten programs this year. It's never happened before, and I think a lot of that's just – you have no choice but to, 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 to grit down and knuckle up when, uh, when, when you face these guys each and every weekend. It's kind of fight or die, and, and our guys choose fight. And so I think getting there, it's not going to matter who we compete against. We're going we're gonna to go out there, and we're going to scrap and give them everything we got. Confidence is one thing you know um, from being there, from competing, from now coaching. What does it take to get on the podium? Was it, what does it take to become an All-American? It just takes being fully focused and locked in on what you're doing, one match at a time, one play at a time, one move at a time. I mean, it's just full locked in. Um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of static, a lot of outside noise, and and the guy that can really just focus on what he's doing and take it one, one second at a time are the guys that have the most success. I've been really lucky. I've been able to, to, to cover uh, a lot of events at the NCAA professional level, and, and I tell people all the time, even if you're not a wrestling fan, if you can get a ticket, which is very hard to do, but if you can get a ticket to that first day when eight mats are going, when the arena is full to 25,000 people, when there's 40 different fan bases, and you can feel the energy in that morning on the first Thursday of the, of the tournament, you should do it. Try to describe to, to, to those that haven't been w- what it is like. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Super Bowl of wrestling, right? There's, there's, no, there's no professional leagues after this. This is the highest level of, of collegiate folk-style wrestling in the world. There's no bigger venue than the NCAA wrestling tournament. I mean, you go there, people are going to know your name. They're going to know who every one of these fighting camels are in a wrestling singlet, and they're going to be rooting on the little guys. And uh, it, it's, it's really exciting for these guys to feel like professionals, to go there and have an entire, uh, you know, arena filled with wrestling fans who are educated, know who you are, know where we're from, know that it's, know what we're doing here in the creek. And, and uh, man, if that doesn't get your blood boiling, I don't know what will. Tell me about Tulsa, of course, in Oklahoma, one of the hotbeds of wrestling traditionally for, for decades and decades. We were just talking about how it has been there um, multiple times, double-digit times there. Uh, what, what can you tell us about the atmosphere there? I mean, these people love wrestling. You know, home of Oklahoma State, the legendary John Smith. So, uh, you know, they're going to come in there. They're going to be loud. They're going to be rooting, and, and uh, you know, it's just going to make it for a fun event. Finally, what does it hold for your wrestlers? What do you guys do training-wise this weekend? And then what is next week, the week of the national championships, hold? Yeah, so, I mean, this week it's just putting these guys under fire. Uh, I mean, it's, it, they got to be able to kind of deal with, with some of the stress and the pressure that might be going with some of the travel. Um, and it's just making them know that, that, that they're capable of anything. So right now we're just being real tough on them, you know, w- w- with there being five NCAA qualifiers, uh, a six being the alternate. Uh, we have a whole team of guys that can, you know, rotate it on them fresh and have these guys find ways to dig deep over and over again and make that decision to, to toughen up and grit down. So that's what we're doing right now. Um, you know, we'll leave on Monday, get up there, uh, get a little acclimated to uh, Oklahoma, and, you know, we'll be able to train there for a couple of days before we have to weigh in and compete. Uh, so it'll be nice to kind of get that acclimation and get there early and, and, and start getting our guys ready. Once we get there, it's just – you know, make weight and perform. That's it. Congratulations, coach. All right. I appreciate it, Chris.
That's head wrestling coach Scotty Sentez. Evan and I will be back with a wrap-up of fall, winter, spring sports, everything else coming up on Camel Call Friday. Welcome back into Camel Call Friday with Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Haymeyer. Hey, a lot of great things to talk about, but we will lead off with, no pun intended, Campbell Baseball. The Campbell Baseball team ranked 24th in the entire nation, 10-2 on the season, and 4-1 on their current road trip, which put them in Louisiana. They took a series from Louisiana, which, if you don't know, they are a perennial NCAA tournament team for decades and decades. That was an unbelievably good road series win and then they swept two games from a traditional baseball power into lane evan what a start to this season for our nationally ranked baseball team so they went to new orleans on tuesday and wednesday i would have hit bourbon street and celebrated but the boys were focused 30 runs scored the end of those games the final scores some late bullpen arms you know you kind of whole staff it but they were blowing those teams out game one game two the only game that wasn't great was Sunday pitching-wise. We fell behind 8 nothing, made it like 10-6, to and just couldn't pull it out. But to win that many road games and now head to App State, so you're taking like the Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn road trip up the Mississippi River, <laughs> no. and you're cutting across the Appalachians. You have, you have no clue in Midwestern geography. That's totally wrong, but, but continue. <laughs> Playing an App State team that's 8-3, uh, and three, so they're off to a good start. The Mountaineers. So, like, Justin Hare, and some of it's timing and some of it's how you play them, but RPI-wise, these are huge series. Oh, my gosh. I mean, big, big, big what they have done. Again, you get greedy now, but if you're able to win, it's going to be pretty bad weather in Boone, as you can imagine. But if they could could win that series, too, wow, what a couple weeks. And then you take Sherman's March down South Carolina to Coastal. (laughs) That actually happened. The Sherman's March was from the mountains of Tennessee across to (laughs) – the South Carolina border. I learned this in the Civil War okay. history. All right. All right. Then you're going. But you go across the state yeah. to Conway. Yeah. That, that's right. You forget this This 10-game road trip continues. They'll go down to take on Coastal. Who course, just defeated top 10 champion. Wake Forest yeah. and gave them their first loss. Yeah. So they have done so much, as Coach Hare always says, too. They could lose, you know, the next four games. But, man, if they were able to keep it going, regardless of what they have done this start of the season – has been phenomenal. And remember, usually at this point in the season, Campbell, again, with a tough schedule, and there's lots of reasons for it, are more around 500. So so it's phenomenal. And once you get in the top 25, they kind of keep you around the top 25, especially if you're there early. So it's going to be really, really big. You know, then next weekend, Campbell comes back to town, and it's conference all of a sudden. They're playing all the conference teams in the Big South this year. Winthrop rolls into town. Big South Conference season starts. Fireworks Friday will be in effect. Fireworks after the game. It's a 6 p.m. start on Friday the 17th. And then the next day, the 35-year anniversary of the championship team yeah, in 88. Yep, yep, of the 1988 team. Did not get an automatic bid back then. And it really shows you how far Campbell has come athletically. When they started the Big South, in 86. You, did, you did not get a automatic bid I believe it was any any of the sports at the time if you won the conference tournament. So the fact that, you know, so many things have changed, and I know that's a long time ago now, quote-unquote, but that just shows you how far Campbell has come. Softball, they're rolling. They're 13-8 and eight on the season. Four of those losses have been to ACC, SEC teams. 
one of those wins, of course, to Purdue out of the Big Ten. They're beating a group of five teams. They're being competitive. They're home this weekend, 4 p.m. game tonight, then a doubleheader tomorrow, 12-2 and two against Detroit Mercy. And then the NC State Wolfpack comes to town for a 5 p.m. tilt on March 15th. Anytime an ACC team comes to this campus, it can be wrestling last year during COVID. You think to baseball with Duke and yeah. NC State. It's, it's electric. And we saw last year when Duke came to campus, the softball stadium was bonkers. Like, it was a complete sellout. That was a top 15 Duke team. NC State's not as good as that Duke team yeah. from last year. It's a winnable game. It's at home. And we don't play many ACC teams here, so it's worth the visit. Isabella Smith's still dealing in the circle. She's amazing. The offense, like you said, it's figured it out, but they're always going to pitch and play defense, so that'll be a heck of a game. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, coming up on Wednesday. Women's lacrosse, 3-3 three and three this season. They are finally back home. They've been on the road for most of the year, three straight, starting this Wednesday when they take on Marist. And they've got a young team, but, they're, but they seem to be figuring it out offensively. They've been competitive in even the games that they haven't won, and those have been against some good teams, including Clemson just this last week. Clemson just launched their program officially this fall. But don't be fooled. It's a really good Clemson program. They, they got votes in the preseason poll in the ACC, and they blew out Wofford. They blew out Gardner-Webb. Campbell was much more competitive than those two. And you hate to compare final scores and yeah. whatnot. But those are big South opponents now with Wofford in the league. Right. So you kind of compare yourself to, hey, how are these teams doing in the league? How do we match up with Mercer and High Point? That's the big question. And we'll figure that out in the next few weeks. Yeah, and they've been I think they've been gelling a lot quicker than uh, than that staff thought they would because they have a lot of lot of young talent. Um, wrestling, if you missed it, we talked to Scotty Sintez about he is sending five to the NCAA tournament. Uh, incredible after three uh, one SOCON championships last weekend, and this is the fifth consecutive season that Campbell has sent at least five to the NCAA tourney. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma this time. All of the matches will be on ESPN+. We flew to Tulsa that one year to play Oklahoma State. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a wrestling hotbed and traditional oh wrestling gosh. hotbed. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, um, some of the cream of the crop as far as wrestling goes. A couple of our winter sports wrapping up and men's and and women's basketball i guess just one last note on wrestling sure despite the fact we didn't win the southern tournament or the southern regular season app state was outstanding this year top 25 yep and we had the most individual winners of any of the programs with four in terms of their weight class of the tournament so they did well in certain weight classes hard to get all the points but they had a heck of a season yeah definitely they had as you said the more individual winners and they had uh, some illnesses kind of run through that program in the two weeks leading up to it. So so hopefully um, they will get well. And, and again, sending five to the NCAA championships, just uh, just incredible um, as they try to get one on the podium for All-American. Um, now we go to basketball, and, and we'll start with the women. We've been, we've been saying this all year, and it's not just to put coding on something. It was a team that was picked to finish third. They lost their best player. They ended up finishing third. And they made it to the semifinals of the of the Big South Conference tournament. Again, Campbell head coach Ronnie Fisher, he, he's in it for, um, you know, he has set the standard of this program to, to win trophies each and every year. But with these circumstances, I, I believe that they, they overachieved this year. In Ronnie Fisher's tenure, his worst record ever at Campbell is 16 and 15. And that's not a bad record. That is his worst season. They're yeah. 10 and 8 this year in the conference, so another 10-win conference year. 
He's the dean of the Big South, the most wins of any active Big South coach. That record will most likely end with us going to the CAA, but credit to that team. I mean, Gardner-Webb had yeah. the best season ever in Big South history, 18-0, and and then you win your three tournament games. I don't know if Campbell would have beaten them even fully healthy. That was a different Gardner-Webb team. Yeah, it was it was very, very good, and, and Campbell, to, to their credit, played them closer than anyone else did. They, they figured out how to stop them from scoring um, this year, so a great thing. And, and the future is bright. Erica Joseph, who was a grad school transfer and a starter on this team, good three-point shooter, solid starter. She is the only one that is out of eligibility for this team. So talking to, to, to Coach Fisher – a couple days after he said, I said, you got to be excited about, about what you're, what you're bringing back again. Christabel Azuma has established herself as one of the best players uh, of this or any other mid-major conference. Shy has a year of eligibility left. She, she may come back too, but not even adding her in a lot of pieces there. And if they add a, a, we a couple of other ones. We talked about Gianni Boone in November and December yeah. as yep. an elite player. She, she took some time to develop. You expect a jump in year two, yeah. get more scoring and more. You confidence. hit that freshman wall too. And then Brittany Staves will be a fifth-year senior and continue to be really good. Yeah, Svenja Nuremberg will be fully healthy and be an athletic defender and a, a good scorer. And yeah, they'll have they have a great recruiting class. I think it's the highest in Ronnie Fisher's era. You know, rankings are one thing, but right. in his eyes and his estimation, so they bring in four. It's going to help some depth. To yeah, the team. it's going to be it's going to be sensational. So so the future bright and. Men's basketball, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, and if you had, thank you. Five-star five review. Five-star review would be great. This might have been the biggest great. week in the Haymeyer era here. I mean, that was a heck of a run. You yeah. were voicing over videos. I sat with your parents at the game. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a, it, it was, it was a lot of fun because this was the first time, of course, with, with, with your other duties and, and what have you. You couldn't be down there in the tournament the first time. You missed the tournament in a long time. So um, I got to follow both the men and women and call their games um on the stream and it was uh it was a lot of fun and and you know you and I have been talking about it and if you you know think sometimes well we're just trying to make things sound happy this was really a men's basketball team that we saw that was getting better you saw it in the wins and losses but you also saw it in the fact that when they didn't win they either should have or they were right there on the road against against very good teams after their final week of the regular season, when they lost a heartbreaker in overtime, when they had another game on the road where they lost with a couple of free throws, our big question was, is this team that had had such bad luck all year, so many injuries, losing one of their starters in Jesus Carolero and everything else, were they going to be able to get it together without a bye in the Big South tournament? And they certainly did. An amazing run, four games, five days, and they were, you know, basically seven minutes away from punching their tickets to the NCAA tournament. It was incredible that they were even in that position and then competitive to a very, very good Asheville team. We saw both ends of the spectrum. They played like a seven seed against Presbyterian, yeah. almost losing that game, but then played like the best team in the tournament the rest of the week. I mean, you, you, can, you can honestly argue that their three best games of the year were those three best games in the tournament. Hands down, they played really, really well. Heck of a run. I mean, it is. I mean, we're all sitting there, right? Yeah. Like up, up a certain amount with seven minutes left, and yeah. the lead dwindles to seven with four minutes left, and we're like, okay, just got to get one bucket, yeah. get one stop, and it, it just sometimes doesn't happen. Yeah, you know? and, and it was interesting this year, too, because, because again, there has been some times where, where Campbell has, you know, quite, quite frankly, blown some leads this year late. 
this was not a case of that. I mean, it is what it is. There was a lead late, but it was an Asheville team that behind their all-time leading scorer, Tejon Jones, he went off. It was amazing. There was a time where where he and Drew Pember, who is the back-to-back player of the year in this conference, started his career at Tennessee. They had scored 30 straight points um, for, for their team. They hit their last six shots from the floor. So what I love about it is kind of the thing that we know being with the team every day, we saw and everyone saw in that Big South Conference tournament. And in a year where maybe you thought, okay, there's not a whole lot of momentum, especially going into what's going to be a tougher from top to bottom CAA conference that will go into next year. There is momentum here. And you can look at that same thing. You're going to lose Ricky Clemens, who is an all-timer here. Um, his heart and soul and what he put in this program you know, can't really be measured by his statistics, and his statistics were good. But the fact that you have Jay Powell, who can come back for another year, and the freshman of the year in Anthony Del Orso, much like the women, this is a core that you can really build around. Now they're going to have to go out and do some recruiting, and, and they realize that, but you've got a core you can really build around. At the end of the year, Jay Powell and, and Del Orso were playing first-team all-conference level. Unbelievable. Like in that final? Yeah. Powell was neck and neck with Pember the whole game. They both averaged 20 points per game in the tournament. And again, to play four games in five days, got to give credit to the coaching staff too to not only get that team to believe, but then to put that team in a position to win that many games in uh, in so that was an entertaining of final of Charleston and Wilmington in the CAA. Like if that's the that's the yeah. future of what's to come. Those are some great regional rivals. Really good tournament. Hofstra was in the final in the semifinals. Like, Campbell's joining the tough league, but they can compete. We saw them against Wilmington this year. It's not, okay, we're going. We're joining the ACC. You know, there are games that are winnable. It's just a big jump, and it's a good jump. It's a good step for the league and for Campbell. Yeah, they have been very competitive with UNC Wilmington, who they play every year home and away, and that's a team that won last year, won the, won the conference last year and this year, finished second. It went down to the wire against a College of Charleston team that's top 25. The big difference is, you know, you're in, in the Big South. Usually, every year it's kind of one through five, or some pretty good teams, and the other teams, quite frankly, aren't as good. Here, you kind of got that one through eight that are some pretty darn good teams with some pretty darn good guys. And uh, make your reservations now, Washington D.C. Next year, um, they are going to play in a really cool, really new, modern arena. It's where the WNBA Mystics play, and also where the G League. Uh, team, which is the minor league team for the NBA Wizards play. It's in South D.C., but it's literally right off. You can take the green line and and get to it off there. So it's going to be different, but it will have a warning from a former colleague that was up there uh, in the CAA now for the tournament. He said uh, $120 for two days of parking up there. So um, you might want to just take the train all the way up there. And then take the subway to the game. There's the train station in Raleigh. Yeah, I'll take be the train I'll be on the there too because I'm not going to pay 125 dollars for parking or ride the team bus. You know, whatever you can do. But it, it it's going to be really really fun next year. And we see with the Big South tournament when you have it at one site with all the fans that can travel. It was such a neat atmosphere. Yeah. It's going to multiply a little bit. It's a smaller venue too in DC. It's more intimate, so it doesn't feel right. Like it's 10,000 seats. I think yeah. it holds like 3,500 or 4,000. Yep. So. You, you bring a thousand people and the place is rocket and, and atmosphere. So, and we need this. You know, Campbell needs it's a men's only tournament for X amount of days, a women's only tournament for Y amount of days. The crossover is nice, but now it's hey, let's go to DC for a week. Let's go. How many museums can we visit 
in seven days between these games. Evan's going to be there for all of the museums. Hey, men's tennis, we didn't forget about you, especially because they had a six-game win streak snapped, but then they came back and won back-to-back games. So our men's tennis team has won eight out of the last nine. They are home this week, and they take on the Citadel on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Men's and women's golf getting ready for more of their tournaments. The Schnickel Invitational, which uh, if you missed it, Coach Crooks, Coach Moot, and a couple of uh, of our Campbell golfers were our guests on Campbell Call Live. They were great telling you all about the men's team. We're going to have the women's team on um, in, a, in a couple of weeks. So if you missed that and you want your golf fix, golf rolling as usual. That's a long trip to Statesboro, Georgia. It's a long trip. But they That's are playing the full 54 holes, which is nice. That's right. That's right. Evan, you got anything else uh, else, else you want to add? You know, campus-wise, we're gearing up for Founders Week. There you go. In the yep. middle of March. Yep. And Founders Week celebrates the history of J.A. Campbell and Kivett and Pearson, the original founders of the university. There'll be some events on campus throughout the week. So just keep your eyes on it for it, March 20th through the 25th with Tag Day, Thank a Giver Day. Yep. So for all the great donations on campus, a lot of, especially sports-wise, good chance to yep. appreciate those. And folks. you had a really good, on, on Campbell EDU social medias, you had some really good uh, content from down at the tournament um, on that championship day. So if you haven't looked at it yet, please. Um, it's awesome, and so is Evan Budrovich. He's awesome. I'm just Chris. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Get over the hump.